Welcome to Kaplan's Learn Better podcast. My name is Stuart Pedley-Smith, Head of Learning at Kaplan here in the UK. In this series, you're going to hear from both students and experts as we take a look at a range of topics related to personal and career success in the world of accountancy and finance. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. A quote from Benjamin Franklin, but perhaps as true today as it was then. However, it's this very certainty that makes a career in tax so appealing. Joining me once again is the charismatic Neil DeCosta, Senior Lecturer with Kaplan, Life Strategist and Passionate Advocate for all things to do with tax. Neil has been a senior tax tutor for many years and is well known for the extra advice and resources he provides his students. Neil even has his own podcast series, Neil DeCosta's Tax Exam Podcast. Neil, thanks for joining me today. Great to see you again, Stuart. Neil, my first question. So anyone listening to this uh, will know that you have a, a real passion uh, for tax. But can you take us back to when you first started and you were studying, I suppose, more general accountancy? What was it that drew you towards tax? And did you know then that you would effectively make a, a lifetime career from it? Well, uh, Stuart, actually, my original plan when I was doing my A-levels was to be a doctor. But then uh, I reassessed um, my options uh, before going to university. And um, I decided that um, a route in finance would be more productive. And then, as you said, when I was training um, as a chartered accountant, we, we were exposed to lots of different areas, such as auditing, general accounts uh, uh, preparation, uh, as well as uh, tax computations. But um, one of the things that always appealed to me were the tax computations, because each specific tax computation was very different. And you really needed to understand um, your client's needs and to some extent the client history in order to prepare those tax computations uh, correctly. So I was normally there with the tax manager and perhaps the, the partner as well, talking about the client's circumstances. So uh, this this personal interaction and knowledge of the client's circumstances was something that really appealed to me. And that, that's quite interesting, isn't it, really? Because I think a lot of people's outside perception of somebody who does tax is somebody who isn't particularly engaged with the client that they are just you know more more interested in looking up the the latest tax cases or following the tax regulations and almost the human aspect of that doesn't feature very highly at all it's it's actually uh, completely the opposite in fact what i always may um to tell my students is the client's relationship with their tax accountant is 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 probably a long-term relationship that they're likely to maintain even more so than their lawyers or yeah. or, the, or, or their general accountants uh, because the client has to be perfectly honest with uh, with their tax consultant so for example uh, very often you know the client would eventually in a moment of perhaps weakness uh, disclose to us that um, uh, that they've got you know another business interest or, or they've got other assets and uh, this should be taken into account in offering the client uh, tax advice. So it's a very, very personal relationship. And for most clients, particularly high net worth clients, their relationship with their tax consultant might even, you know, exceed the length of, of a marriage, for example. 
you know. Yeah. So it, it's a very long-term <laughs> relationship. <laughs> That's an interesting way of thinking about it. So, Neil, when you found that you had a, um, certainly an interest, let's not call it a vocation just yet, for tax, what was your next step? How did you, did you carry on in practice for years after qualification? And did you specialise in tax or did you move into education and training? And how did that part happen? So um, while I was still training, I requested more tax work and um, it's fairly technical work. So um, there was certainly a need in the practice to have someone uh, who would take on doing more tax computations. And then um, after qualifying, uh, I decided to uh, become a tutor. And uh, I specifically wanted to lecture in tax. And in fact, I remember at the time uh, I was being coerced to get into areas like auditing and financial management. And, uh, you know, one of the conditions for me taking on a career in in lecturing was that I get to I get to specialize in tax um, because because once again because of the real life element and I could see what tangible benefits uh, proper tax advice can offer. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Neil, and probably the reason that I teach financial management and 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 not tax. Um, moving sort of the story on and and broadening the agenda a little bit, what makes tax? And you've answered some of this. Um, but I'm thinking more in the, I suppose, the commercial setting and the career setting now. What what makes tax so important? And is it now? Is is now a good time to be thinking about a career in tax? Absolutely, absolutely. With um, with many new regulations that are um, that are being put into place now, most of the large firms are having to uh, clearly segment. Their different operations. So instead of bundling everything with the auditing, uh, the consultancy, and so on, most of the firms are now uh, having a separate audit uh, arm, a separate uh, business consultancy arm, and a separate tax advisory arm. So there's definitely a lot of opportunities currently. In addition to this, uh, there've been a lot of major uh, tax legislation changes. Uh, for example, I'm sure many people have heard about the new personal service company legislation. And uh, it was very common for many, uh, many high earning individuals to actually invoice their employers through their own personal companies. But with the recent uh, rules, what these personal service companies have to do is they have to report and pay the POIE on any disguised remuneration. And there's also um, requirements for, for companies to determine this when they take on subcontractors. So the, the, current, um, the current economic climate is ripe for additional uh, tax specialists. And I think you also make a point about the fact that in, in mainstream finance, the fourth industrial revolution um, is on its way in terms of AI, blockchain, and the way that that will certainly impact finance as, as it impacts every every career. But maybe tax is less impacted and therefore more resilient to those changes? Uh, absolutely correct. So I think a career in tax would definitely future-proof your uh, earning potential because of the specialised knowledge required. Um, you know, you mentioned artificial intelligence, Stuart, and one of the one of the issues we have with basic financial accounting 
is the basic transactions are all going to be automated in the future. And what businesses and commercial organizations are going to look at is what real value can professional finance advisors offer to the firm. And if you have this detailed tax knowledge, you're far more likely to stay on and add value uh, to both your clients and, and your employer. One of the th- well, a couple of other things, actually, um, the idea, and I think you said this before, but the, the idea is that people are happy to pay for tax advice. It's almost the professional services, legal work or, or any type of work. Sometimes you're, you're, you're offering advice to protect them so they don't necessarily see the value until something goes wrong. But with tax advice, there's almost like an annual reckoning where, you know, as long as perceptions are managed and they can see, you know, I, this, I could have paid this had I not had this good advice. The, the way that clients will look at the value of, of professional services to a certain extent is, is quite simple. You know, um, I had to pay out 20000 but I got 25 back. Therefore, my tax bill cost me nothing. You don't get that in, in other areas, do you? Absolutely correct. And, and, um, and I think um, at times with, a tax, uh, with tax knowledge, you have that element of... Um, you know, you have almost a magical element to some extent. Like uh, recently I was talking to uh, a small business person and, uh, you know, obviously he's, he's survived the pandemic, but barely. Um, but unfortunately, he's got uh, losses. And just explaining to him that, look, uh, you know, that the good news is even though you've currently made a loss, you can actually use your, your, your loss to get back some of the uh, income tax you paid previously when, uh, when you're doing well, that came as such a revelation to him, you see? Mm. So I, I think you've got that um, uh, dramatic element uh, when, you, when you talk to clients and uh, you, they can easily see what the tangible benefit is. Yeah, yeah. And I think you, you have a little phrase, don't you, that a tax advisor is the client's financial doctor. And I know we had a bit of a doctor theme running before, didn't we, in, uh, in the previous podcast? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, um, as long as the clients are willing to open up to you and, and actually explain their, their circumstances to you, uh, it's possible for you to offer really valuable advice. And the other thing I think in tax, uh, Stuart, the other benefit of tax is that tax has got its own little quirks and so on. Like I'm sure you've heard about the, the Jaffa cake uh, case which is uh, something well known way by um, with regard to McVitie's. Uh, McVitie's argued that their Jaffa cakes uh, were more of a cake-like texture because they couldn't be snapped like biscuits. So that sounds like a good argument, that does. Yes. <laughs> so even though Jaffa cakes are kept in the, the actual biscuit aisle, because they've actually... Um, uh, McVitie's won the case and they proved that their Jaffa cakes are cakes they actually don't charge VAT on, on Jaffa cakes. So, uh, you know, when you enjoy your Jaffa cake, you don't have to worry about paying that extra yeah, 20%, 20% VAT. percent cheaper than it should be. <laughs> My name is Apurva Rawat, and I'm a part-qualified ACCA. I'm presently pursuing my post-graduation in global financial trading at London. As per my work experience and knowledge, I have observed that tax careers tend to be dynamic. Accounting professionals have to stay abreast of the recent developments, especially each 
you know, the Finance Act that comes in. They have to stay up to date with the new laws so that they can deliver competent services to their clients. So that's that's about tax in the sense of uh, the career part of it. What about the personal reasons that you might want to look at uh, a career in tax? What are the attributes? What what skill set do you need? The the first attribute you need in order to be uh, a tax consultant is attention to detail. So uh, you need to be able to focus clearly and pick up all the different aspects of the client's circumstances. But the interesting thing, Stuart, is you don't really need high-level computational skills. Many students tell me, look, Neil, I'm not really good at maths. But throughout my career in tax, I've never had to use a scientific calculator. So most of the calculations are, are pretty uh, straightforward. The other thing we need in tax is you need to be a good communicator, Stuart. Mm. So you're constantly communicating to the client. You're, uh, you're representing the client to HMRC. So you need to be a good communicator. You need to be open to learning new ways of doing things. So every tax um, advisor is very, very humble because none of us know everything. The other attribute of being um, a tax advisor is a desire to, um, to be challenged. Mm. Okay? So um, um, the, the legislation can be quite technical, and it does take time to understand it. But um, as long as you're prepared to be mentally challenged and, um, and enjoy it, um, it, it can be very rewarding. Yeah. Neil, I want, I want to now talk about the practicalities in terms of the the route that you take into this um and the, the the qualifications that anybody listening who might they might be they could be anywhere in their in their learner journey here so they could be just listening to this and thinking about a career in finance just generally what, what would the pathway be if they wanted to study tax um, or they might be halfway through or having completed a professional qualification, be that SEMA uh, where there's very little tax, or obviously they'll get a big sort of taste of it with ACA and ACCA, or they might be doing AAT. So could you just break down for us the ways that people can get into tax and what the implications are, like how long it takes to study, etc.? So the, the great news, Stuart, is there are multiple pathways into tax. So if we just start by thinking of the AAT, uh, which is the Association of Accounting Technicians, once students have finished their AAT, many of them have set up their own tax practices. So, um, for example, uh, the students study personal tax and business tax, and they can use that as a foundation to set up their own consultancy. So I know many, many uh, practitioners, many tax practitioners who are just AAT qualified. Another route into tax is the Association of Tax Technicians, or the ATT qualification. So as you know, at Kaplan, we offer both the AAT and the ATT qualifications. So with regard to the ATT qualifications, once again, there's no need to, to make your way into university. So, so you know, you could mm. go straight from leaving school and uh, become a tax advisor. And do you know, Neil, do you know the entry requires this A-level standard? or uh, No, in fact, for both the ATT and uh, 
AAT, which are the apprentice level uh, qualifications, you don't have to have A levels at all. All they look for is GCSEs. Okay. So, so if you were at that entry point, you could try AAT, which has got some tax in it, and then pursue the career in tax, or actually just completely ignore AAT and go, go, go for a tax route. Absolutely, yes. So, so many of the firms, many of the larger firms in the UK, for example, PwC, Deloitte's, KPMG, and so on, what they what they have is they have a large intake now of school leavers. So, uh, people who are interested in a career um, in in tax, and what they do is they they uh, they join the firm, and they are then sponsored. They are put on a route to do the association of tax technician qualification and within this you can specialize in a specific area so you know if you want to get into personal tax uh, you want to get into business tax you want to get into inheritance tax VAT and so on uh, within the ATT that offers all the different pathways towards specialist tax careers. The other option as we know is uh, for uh, let's say we have students who are um, studying either the ACCA or the ACA qualification, so the, 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 the Chartered Accountancy qualifications, which offer a, a specialised uh, tax and audit knowledge uh, in addition to the financial accounting and management accounting. What they can do then is once they've completed their ACA or their ACCA qualification, what they can do is set up their own tax practice, Stuart. Mm. So uh, as opposed to working in a large firm or working for a, a corporate organization, uh, they then have the option of setting up, setting up their own tax advisory service. Um, so uh, we have lots and lots of ex-students who've done the ACCA or the ACA qualification and then have decided on a career in tax. Yes. You also mentioned the SEMA qualification. So the, the SEMA qualification is, is a bit different from the other accountancy qualifications that Kaplan offer in the sense that it has a, a smaller tax element. So we only do very basic tax um, and one of the subjects, is, uh, which is a subject I teach actually called F1 uh, at the uh, operational level. But um, so with regard to the SEMA uh, accountants, should they wish to pursue a level in tax uh, because uh, because they haven't had that exposure, that detailed exposure to the actual uh, tax legislation and tax rules, they would have to go through all the other exams mm. that either the ACCA or the ICAW uh, qualifications offer. Alternatively, what they could do is, if, if you're a SEMA accountant, you could then do the ATT, mm. the Association of Tax Technician Qualification. In fact, I recently did advise a student who was SEMA qualified. In fact, uh, he works for the army. Okay, right. so yeah, so he works for the army. He's an army management accountant, and what he's planning on doing now is leaving the army and going into tax. But right. the problem he has is because he's he's you know he's he's basically a management accountant. He does have to do a lot of the other tax exams that the um, other accountancy qualifications offer, which which I suppose can be painful Neil but in terms of career profiling a SEMA qualified with a tax qualification to sit alongside it does make you look quite different doesn't it? 
It does. It does. And I think with, with this individual, what he said is obviously being in the army, he had lots and lots of different army contacts. And right. what he said is that um, many of his, um, you know, obviously army buddies and so on would prefer dealing with someone like him who has actually, to some extent, you know, been in the trenches with them, you know, yes. been through all the training and so on. Um, and um, if he had the specialized tax knowledge to offer them advice, he, you know, he said he's already got, you know, a ready-made, you know, client, uh, client list. Can you say a little bit more about CTA? So um, the, the CTA is then the gold standard, Stuart, for uh, tax professionals in the UK. And this is also a qualification that Kaplan offer. Currently, um, for example, um, some of the large firms, such as uh, Deloitte and PwC, are offering their students a joint scheme whereby they do their ACA qualification and at the same time they do their CTA because of the overlap. Yes, absolutely. But uh, so um, if you want to reach the highest level of uh, technical tax knowledge, then what you're looking to do is get the Charter Tax Advisory qualification. Right. And and timescales, how long, if you qualify, how long does it take you to do that? So f- for people who've uh, already completed an accountancy qualification, because they get exemptions, they only have to do a couple of exams. And uh, you're looking at 18 months to two years. Okay. Like I said, uh, many of the larger firms accelerate their students. Yes. So they, they actually do it in a much shorter time frame. But I'd say for someone who's working... Um, already and looking to study part-time you're looking at a further 18 months to two years to get to add the cta qualification to your existing accountancy qualification but but as you say that you know coming back to this career differentiation you know seema accountant looks very different in that industry with a tax qualification a sort of acca or aca qualified looks very different if they've got cta as well absolutely yeah the only one uh one uh, caveat I'd put in there, Stuart, is if 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 you're an individual and you're planning on doing uh, the CTA qualification um, and you're already a qualified accountant, I would recommend that you should be working in tax already. Okay. Simply because it is possible to get overqualified. Uh, you know, so if, if you're you know if you're a qualified accountant and a CTA. Uh, qualified accountant, and you're not actually working in a tax specialist role, it's very difficult for a firm to then slot you in. Yes. Um, because, you see, you don't actually have the, the practical experience. Um, uh, and, and, and strictly speaking, yeah. with the CTA, you should be in a managerial role already. Yes, and that's a, yeah. that's a really good point in, in sort of terms of full-time education. That yeah, One of the problems that people sometimes face is, you know, these are... They're academic qualifications on one level, aren't they? But there is always an implication that they sit alongside the practical work experience. And, you know, we we are talking about some of those, you know, the ability to communicate with clients doesn't necessarily come through in a in a tax exam. That's not really tested. But and is and is in, in practice is a huge skill. Now, we, we need to sort of bring this to a halt, but I've got one, one thing I wanted to just try and clarify was just going back to your tax, your tax study advice and, and the, the pathway route. If you started and specialised in tax and did ATT and CTA, how long would that route take you compared to if you did AAT, one of the professional bodies? And then is, it, is the 
if you set your heart on tap. I'll say within three years, Stuart. Yeah, within three years, you could you could do your ATT CTA and right. uh, be fully qualified. If, if you're looking to specialise in tax after you've got your accountancy qualification, then you're looking at a much longer route. Yeah. But yeah. I'd say that um, you have to be quite clear as to what you need to do and yeah. at a relatively young age as you know many people many young youngsters today don't really know exactly what they want to yes. do uh, so many uh, uh, university students don't actually enjoy the course they've picked mm. which is why I always feel that you know accountancy finance tax these are such great career choices Stuart I sincerely feel that <laughs> and I've certainly mm. advocated it to my children because it it, it defines the environment um, very clearly yeah so here's the million million dollar question then Neil so if one of your children comes and says I want to do accountancy but I'm thinking about medicine what would you say <laughs> 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 Maybe you don't answer that one. Um, no, 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 no. I, I would say, look, uh, uh, unfortunately, considering the, the state of junior doctors in the UK, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're really passionate about helping people, um, you know, perhaps the yeah. easier choice would be accountancy. It would be accountancy. <laughs> Neil, thank you very much. Now, let me just um, have my stab at sort of pulling this together, and I'd like to come back to you for some final thoughts with regards to you know, the you know, the key messages you want to leave people with. So if I've understand you, this is partly about seeing tax as a career in itself. And yes, you can learn while studying for a professional qualification. It's essential if you want to work in the profession, but it can also differentiate you in the market. On top of all that, it's a fascinating, dynamic subject where you get to speak to people and earn their trust over many years. And if, if you'll indulge me one other quote, I started with a quote, so I thought I'd, I'd sort of end with one. This is Terry Pratchett. He said, there was death and taxes and taxes was worse because at least death didn't happen to you every year. <laughs> oh, that's classic. <laughs> <laughs> Can you come back um, and just summarise for us or, you know, what's your final messages in terms of the, the, the conversation we've had about the skills and the overall thoughts on a career in tax? Yes, so I think I'll finish off. Uh, recently, Stuart, I I did um, a little uh, interview of a tax class. So I had 35 students in there. And fortunately, they all agreed to participate. So I asked them, I said, look, what were you planning on doing um, originally when, when, you know, when you were 16 or 18? And these are the responses I got, Stuart. So um, the first response I got was uh, I wanted to be a police officer. Secondly, I wanted to be a groundsman in a large estate. I wanted to be an actress, a lawyer, or a ski instructor. Oh, and right. yeah, and interestingly, all these individuals, Stuart, ended up being uh, tax advisors. Okay, <laughs> so uh, so once again, it's a career that's open to anyone, and uh, you know, it it offers rewards. And I think one of the key thing uh, that many of the students told me is, you know, they actually ended up choosing tax because that enabled them to buy their own flat. Okay. Right. I thought you were going to say it enabled them to spend a, a year in Verbier, sort of, as yeah. a ski instructor. <laughs> yeah, so after being a ski instructor and so on. <laughs> and Neil, is there anywhere people, where, where can you find out about careers in finance or uh, careers in tax? 
Absolutely. So uh, with regard to our Kaplan uh, website, Stuart, so we offer lots and lots of very, very useful advice. Uh, we offer lots of articles. So uh, as you know, um, uh, we have our Kaplan Insights magazine. And I, I've done a couple of articles on there uh, and also showing students how to transition from the uh, accountancy qualifications into CTA and so on. So there's a whole wealth of information available um, on our Kaplan websites. And I suppose you've also got CTA, haven't you? And... Yeah, yeah. And, and we've also got the Professional Institute uh, information as well, Stuart. So there, there's a whole host of information out there. And certainly if the students, if someone was uh, contemplating a career and they actually wanted to speak to them, I would recommend they, they speak to someone at Kaplan because, um, you know, we uh, not only do we offer all the qualifications, but we have people who um, have had experience, specific experience with everything. To everyone listening, you've been listening to Stuart Pedley-Smith, but more importantly, the hugely charismatic Neil DaCosta. Neil, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Stuart. Pleasure to see you as always. Thank you for listening to Kaplan's Learn Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts to help more people find us. Let's continue the conversation. Follow us on social at Kaplan UK and let us know what you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes. 